Blog Talk Radio. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. It's talking in circles. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. With your host, Clayton Caldwell. My baby calling till I need you here. And John Harlow. And it's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Welcome to Talking in Circles. Clayton Caldwell and John Harlow here with you tonight, bringing you the best online NASCAR show out there. 917-889-8280. You can dial that anytime during the show, and we will be connected with you. We're talking all things NASCAR. The Johnsonville 180 was ran from Road America today, and what a finish it was. It was an interesting race because it's only 45 laps, uh, a short Xfinity race. It went broken up with two stages and a lot of carnage today. Kind of shuffled up the field a little bit. Teams got on strategy, and it ended with a feel-good win, one of the best feel-good wins in the Xfinity Series in a long time, even better than Ryan Priest's win earlier this year, and Jeremy Clements. Uh, Clements has made 260, uh, 255 career starts prior to today, never even came close to a victory, goes out today, leads 10 laps, a little controversy with the contact with Matt Tift at the end, but wins his first career Xfinity Series race. Family-owned operation in that 51 car. Awesome to see John Harlow. Jeremy Clements, the South Carolina boy, wins at Road America. Your thoughts? As uh, the race is winding, ba- winding down, I sent you a text real quick going, I can't believe it. Clements got a really good shot at this. And I thought at first because – on the strategy play, they kept running Clement out there, running him out there. And I didn't think he was getting as big a lead as he did. And whenever he finally came to pit with about 10 laps to go, you're thinking, well, okay, that means Matt Tift or uh, Austin Sindrick or uh, Cole Custer was going to end up pulling away with it because they were far enough behind that whenever Clement finally did pit, um, you would have thought he would have been like 10th, 11th place. And so far back with 10 laps to go, he wasn't going to be able to come back. But then again, I didn't really think of it as I'm doing the processing in my head. One lap is four miles. So 10 laps is 40 miles. That's almost half a green flag run anywhere else. And the thing that impressed me was how, how fast he made up ground. I mean, he was making up a second and a half to two seconds a lap on Matt Tift with maybe six, seven, eight lap fresher tires. But then again, eight laps is 32 mile fresher tires, but it was just impressive. In the family owned team. And whenever he hit victory lane, it was like the shock of having no clue of what to do. Listen, it was funny because I don't think they really knew what to do. I mean, when you saw the team jump over the wall and you saw the stuff behind them, as far as, you know, the, uh, the trailer they bring with them, the, the tools they bring with them, it didn't look normal. It looked like you were looking back into the 1990s where a small crash cart, you know, very uh, small team, not a lot of money behind them, not a lot of big time, you know, sponsorship advertising around. So it was crazy to watch them jump over the wall and, say that team just won an Xfinity Series race today, but it was great to see. Listen, I've pulled for Clements 
in this team for a long time. He's a family-owned operation. His dad runs a team. His dad's the crew chief a lot. Um, you know, his, his grandfather built engines back in the 60s in NASCAR. You know, and they're hanging on having fun. They're one of the true teams that go out there in the Xfinity Series and have a good time. And, you know, a, a top 15, a top 10 run for him usually is a very good day. But today, you know, sometimes it's your day. You know, I remember one time back in the 90s when I was a kid growing up, Jeff Fuller won an Xfinity Series race. I think it was Dover or something like that, uh, or Bristol or something. And, you know, somebody put on Racing Reference, when it's your day, it's your day. And I can't agree with that more because when it's your day, it's your day. And today, it was Jeremy Clements' day. And that 51 cars team, I mean, that 51 team, I mean, he, he was able to get Matt Tift. And listen, there was some controversy at the end. I don't think he went into that corner with the intention of even touching Matt Tift. But he overdrove the corner. He got a little excited. This is a guy who doesn't win many races and doesn't run up front much. So you can understand the excitement. Uh, I think he got, I think he overdrove the corner. I think he got a little too excited. I think he would have passed him because of how much faster he was than Tift. I think he would have passed him no matter what. So making the contact was unnecessary. I think Tift knew he was going to lose either way. A frustrating day for Tift. I think he took the high road because it was, it was a real tough thing to lose that way. Um, but at the end of the day, Clements goes to victory lane and, uh, it's a great story. It really is. It's a guy who a lot of people, um, in the Xfinity series, a lot of casual fans really don't know. And that's a shame. I think if he got a big shot and with a big team, he might be able to win some races. Um, but he proves today with his own family race team that he, that he can win. And that has to feel really good. I think, uh, Matt Tiffin earned himself some fans today. He ran well throughout the day. And whenever he was talking to uh, Ralph Shaheen on NBC Sports Net, NBC Sports at the end of the race, they're watching the replay. And he's like, yeah, he just was hot going in there. He says, you can tell he's, he got loose. It wasn't like he went in there and pile-drived him like uh, John Hunter Nemechek did to Cole Custer last year in Canada. There was no intention behind that. It was just they were going into that turn. He got the position on the inside, but just couldn't get it woed up enough and wound up. He tried to keep himself off, but his recovery, the way they spun, the difference was Matt Tiff wound up in the gravel pit a little bit and had to work his way out of there. Clements, his spin almost was Danny Sullivan-like during the Indy 500 and 85 when he did the spin to win. He spun, kept that thing going, did a full 360, and bam, back forward he went. And he was still four or five seconds ahead of uh, Michael Annette whenever they came out of the spin. It was a great piece of car control other than he lost control to wreck both of them. But, I mean, the way he kept going after they spun was amazing. And he just drove, hit every mark perfectly. I think one of the biggest problems were where he made the move to pass him on the inside where he did is if you watch that lap, he had so much momentum in every place he was going. He was afraid to lose that momentum because he, if he downshifts and puts the brakes on too much and stays behind him, who knows? It might be one of those ones. Tiff gets a second wind or something, gets him coming up the straightaway because Tiff has a little more horsepower than Clements did. So I think he was trying to make the move when he could. Yeah, listen, I think it was – you can understand that, absolutely. But, again, I just think he could outrun him. And it's it's unfortunate that I'm sure there's some people out there going, oh, you didn't have to do that that way. 
it's unfortunate that his first win is clouded that way, um, but a great win. What does this do for him in the future? I mean, you think about it, you know, repair, repairablevehicles.com is on that car a lot, but they don't have a bunch of funding. Like, uh, they probably run on the fifth or sixth of the budget of an Xfinity Series team like Matt Tiff's team does in, at Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, they don't have a bunch of money flying in there. You know, you have to wonder what making the playoffs, because now with that win, they're locked in. You know, if you win a race and you're in an Xfinity Series regular running for points, you win a race, you're in the playoffs. Um, and today, Clements did that. So you have to wonder what that's going to do for them and how competitive they're going to be. Sure, it's nice to get a win, but I think if you're a team like that, you sit there, and Chris Busher, we saw this in the Cup Series last year with Chris Busher, you want to be competitive. You want to make the, get it out of the first round. Um, will this, you think, help sell sponsorship for this team? Do you think maybe a big-time uh, not even a big time company, but a company looking to put in some money will say, hey, let's go with this team, with the family ran team. They're in the playoffs. They're going to get some re- extra recognition. Let's go and give them some money. And will that help them grow a little bit here, John? Will this win have a lot of monetary value behind it for them and a lot of notoriety for them? You'd hope, but it doesn't. It's one of those things. And we touched upon it last week whenever we were talking sponsorship and how. Um, we think that NASCAR signing the two-year $20 million deal with Monster Energy has basically screwed the sport in its entirety. And I think it works. It's, I mean, we're talking the big-time cup-level teams where Matt Kenseth isn't fully sponsored, Casey Kane's not fully sponsored, Cliff Boy- Clint Boyer's not fully sponsored, there are teams that are in the chase in the cup series right now that aren't fully sponsored. You're looking at the Xfinity series. I mean, in reality, he's only the fifth driver to legitimately qualify by winning a race. I'm sorry, the fourth driver to qualify because the only three Xfinity drivers to win races this year, William Byron, Mike Wynette, Ryan Reed, and now Jeremy Clements. So if you're spending money, the Xfinity series isn't where you want to spend it. But I mean, I hope what it does is some team that is cups backing looks at him for next year. I mean, he even, I mean, you heard him in victory lane. Hey, if you're a big funded team, hello, I'm over here. I'd love to show what I can do for you. And I think part of it, in, I mean, it's not that he doesn't want to drive for his dad and everything. I think he doesn't want his dad to keep mortgaging the house to keep doing this. I think he wants to drive for a legit team and see where it goes. Well, yeah, and uh, I think it a sign of that, you know, that he does this just for fun. He does it to get his name out there. Um, and they've been doing it for a long time. I mean, I think this is probably his seventh, sixth or seventh consecutive year full running full-time with his dad's organization. It takes a lot of – you have to love it to come to the racetrack and, and, and to do what they do every weekend. You have to. And I think the kid's proven time after time that he loves this sport. He loves racing. I uh, loves running in the NASCAR Xfinity series. And it was, it was, that's, I think what made this win so popular. And let me tell you something, John, for those people who sit there and say, you need a cup driver in this Xfinity field. We've talked about this in, at length this year, but you need a cup driver in this Xfinity t- field to sell tickets. That's not true at all. You know, you mentioned that three, Four drivers now with Clemenza's win uh, are in the chase with Byron Allgaier and Ryan Reed and now Clements. Um, listen, I think it, it's 
refreshing to see a new face in victory lane. I think it's awesome to see an Xfinity driver in victory lane. Um, I think it helps the series. I think it's it's a big storyline. I mean, why do we need these cup guys in there? You know, every race we've had that's been a standalone Xfinity Series race this year has been fantastic. Today was no different. You see Matt Tiff, the guy who normally doesn't get recognition. You know, he's probably a, a tenth, uh, seventh to tenth place car when cup guys are there. Uh, we talk about Clements, a top 15 is a good run for him when cup guys are there. And they get recognition because they're running Xfinity Series races and winning the Xfinity Series races. Uh, I hope it, it, it really pays off for Clements here. Because if it does, it would just prove our point even more that these Xfinity Series teams need to have a lot more standalone events. And I thought today's race was fantastic for that, as far as entertainment value is concerned. Yeah, and I think one of the when it comes to Road America, it's one of those uh, one-off events that has a good crowd. I mean, Iowa was really light on the crowd, even though it was great racing. Road America has a great crowd because those folks love to go to Road America. You could be running ARCA. You could be running bicycles. You could be running IndyCar at Road America. and They're going to have a great crowd just because they love to go out there, cook their brats, sit in the woods, and watch them racing. And if it moves and they can race it, they love to go there for it. Road America is a special place. Um, I think, if we could find ways to do standalone races for both the trucks and Xfinity series, it would start building its identity again and being a uh, chance for both uh, series to start moving forward again, instead of uh, being cup light and cup really light. Uh, But the problem is TV doesn't want to spend the money to go somewhere else. Uh, they don't want to create the extra announcer thing. I mean, heck, uh, it's a matter. Of, I wonder how much Fox is actually paying for the rights to the Camping World Truck Series. It's the pot. I mean, the uh, purse isn't there to go to a small track to guarantee these teams a chance of survival. And even the way things are now, and you look at Brad Keselowski Racing, they've got two solid sponsored teams, and he's losing a million dollars a year. So. Either way, the series needs a chance to grow, but unless you find a way to either continue the companion races but keep the cup drivers out of there or find standalones where they can boost up the purse to where it's worth going to, NASCAR is still over the proverbial barrel. Mom is 789-8280 to join the conversation here, talking in circles. Clayton Caldwell and John Harlow. I just, you know, to me, when you look at the top 10 of this race, it makes me happy to see these drivers that, um, you know, have our Xfinity Series drivers. Clements was your winner. Michael Onet, who's had a tough year. He admitted, you know, he's not nearly as fast as his teammates this year. He finished second. Tift, we mentioned him. He was third. Justin Marks, Brendan Gone, William Byron, Blake Cook. Cole Custer, Casey Mears, and Parker Kligerman was your top 10. Kligerman driving for Godovic Motorsports there in a 10th spot. That was nice to see. So it was nice to see some fresh faces up there. It's refreshing to see. You have to wonder if it's just a road course race, if that's the reason why those names are up there. But um, still really cool to see here. Uh, You know, 
what do you think, John? You, know, you look at this Xfinity series. We talked about the fact that there are only four winners in the Xfinity series. You know, Byron's got three wins. Allgaier's got a win. Reed and then Clements, they all each have one win. Sadler right now leads the points. He's 107 ahead of William Byron. Then it's Byron second, Allgaier third, Brennan Poole, Daniel Hemrick, Cole Custer, Matt Tiff, Blake Cook, Michael Annette, Ryan Reed, and Brennan gone round out your top 10. Um, Round out your top 12, round out the 12 that are in the chase going into, uh, they still got three races. They run, their chase starts, there's only seven races in their chase, and it starts at Kentucky after Chicagoland in the Xfinity Series. A little confusing there. So they run Darlington, Richmond, and Chicagoland to finish out their regular season in this series. Um, so what do you think about that? Who do you think is the favorite to win this championship in the Xfinity Series as we sit right now? Um, like I said, Sadler's had a very consistent year, doesn't have a win. Uh, Byron, we've seen him come on like rocket fire lately. Uh, Allgaier's been very consistent this year. I've been pretty impressed with him this year. And then it's kind of a, you know, needle and haystack from there as far as who else is a, is a favorite to win the championship. Do anybody else other than the three big-time junior motorsports team hold the chance at winning this championship this year, in your opinion? Um. I think Tiff could stand a chance, uh, partially because Kyle Busch can't run in the chase races. And I think Gibbs might put everything they get into the Busch car and jam it into that 19 to give it the best chance of winning the chase. Um, it's going to be interesting that the 22 is going to end up being the uh, owner's champion again. And, I mean, the problem is when you watch, when you look at all this stuff, all the winners in the Xfinity Series race, you get Kyle Larson winning a bunch with Ganassi, but you look at Brendan Poole, he hasn't come close to it in a race. You've got Kyle Busch winning everything that he has at Joe Gibbs Racing. Ryan Priest wins a race in a 20 car, but he's not eligible for the chase. Matt Tiff's the only guy who's running the Xfinity Series at Gibbs. This is the closest he really came to sniffing victory lane. Uh, everything in the 22 car is either Joey, Brad, or um, um, yeah, Joey, Brad, or Blaney, who's won races in the 22 car. Sam Hornish came close, but didn't do so well with it. I mean, he, he won. Yeah, no, he won. Uh, oh yeah, Hornish did win. But right. I mean, everybody uh, affiliated Xfinity Series teams. The teams that win are the Cup drivers. And the Xfinity drivers on those teams aren't even close to what the cup drivers are doing. So, I mean, unless yep. something crazy happens, it's going to be Byron, Allgaier, or Elliot Sadler. Tift is going to be a sleeper, I think. Who knows? Short tracks that you've got a couple short tracks in the chase. Who knows? They're, you got Talladega in the chase. Maybe Jeremy Clements sneaks his way in there. But, I mean, I think it's going to be a junior motorsports and possibly the one Gibbs car. Uh, yeah, listen, I think when you look at it, it's um, it's a three-man race right now for the Xfinity Series championship. Uh, I think it's Sadler, Byron, and Allgaier. And that's it. And that's what makes this series a little bit tough to watch in a lot of people's eyes because you sit there and you look at it and you say, how come only three drivers? But right now, those are the only three top teams. I don't think Poole stands a chance. Like you said, he hasn't come close to win. Hemrick, listen, I thought Daniel Hemrick ran a really good race today. He's a young kid, though, and Richard Childress Racing has been a little bit off. 
Cole Custer hasn't proved his worth yet in the Xfinity Series. He might be a year away from competing for a championship. I don't think we're going to see much from Matt Tift. I'm not in love with that 11 team with Blake Cook. I don't think they run that great on a weekly basis, as consistent as they need to be. Uh, Michael Annette's talked about his struggles this year. Ryan Reed, listen, if it was seven plate races, he'd be my champion. He'd be my pick for the championship, but it's not. And then gone, you know, gone's had a really tough year. And then you got Dakota Armstrong who runs okay at times, but he's with a smaller organization and Xfinity series only team at JGL. And so to me, it's a three team operation right now, three car race, three driver race for the championship. I think that's the disappointing part. Um, so I think it's going to be Sadler, Byron, Long Iron. Really, you could pick it out of a hat. I think those three are going to win the championship in the Xfinity Series. Final thoughts, John, on the race today at Road America. Uh, what do you think? You know, it's a 45-lap race, kind of a short race, 180 miles, four-mile race course. Uh, you know, this race, the, the length of the track sort of bothers me in a way because if you hit a caution, it, it feels like it takes forever to get these caution laps uh, out of the way. What are your final thoughts here on Road America this weekend in the Xfinity Series? I thought it was a great crowd, great racing. Uh, I really like the setup of the track. I hate the idea that if it is a caution lap, it's going to take you five minutes to do the whole lap. And it's one of those ones, NASCAR, to look at it. It should be a caution. You should be able to clean it up and get everything done in two laps. It should be everybody in one lap. Everybody moves around, does their thing. If they go more than one lap caution, there's a problem there, taking his first and the way he did it. I mean, he outdrove everybody to get to Matt Tiff's bumper. He didn't intentionally take him out, which, I mean, even Matt Tiff admitted whenever they interviewed him after the race. And the best part was him having no clue how to deal with victory lane because, I mean, he just so much in shock that he was there and that they just didn't know what to do because I mean, whenever he's answering, he goes, I really don't know what to say because this is a whole experience to me. And, it, and the joy of being in the first time whenever it was something that was great to see. Yeah, it was great to watch. I mean, um, it was a lot of fun. And I personally, I can't wait to see what Clements does in the chase if he does anything. Hopefully, he can find a little bit of sponsorship here for that win. 917 Talking Circles, Clayton Caldwell and John Harlow with you. We move on here to sort of the news of the week. I'm not sure it was a surprise to many people um, about Richard Petty Motorsports, but uh, it came out as official that they are not turning to their shop. Um, Their shop was, it was reported up for lease uh, as of August 23rd, it was up for lease. And now they confirm that they will not return to that shop. The building's up for lease at the end of the year. RPM chose not to, sign the lease for next year plans are still undecided for the team but they do know the building is too big for their needs end quote that's what uh richard petty motorsports said in a statement about their building um this team's been rumored to be moving several different places you know a lot of people look at them as a rumor for dodge if dodge came into the sport because of richard's tied petty's ties there um they've been a ford they've been a dodge they've been pontiac there's rumors now we heard on our show last week, and now there it's been picking up. Adam Stern tweeted it this weekend as well that Richard Childress Racing is a possibility they could merge there with that organization. Uh, what are your whole thoughts on here on RPM and Richard Petty Motorsports for 2018? Do you see them merging? Uh, and do you, what do you think? Who's their driver next year? 
pressing uh, two weeks for Richard Petty Motorsports. I, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, they had Bubba Wallace out in Chicago doing Yeah, listen, I, th- I think it's an interesting, and, and we're having some technical difficulties with John there. Hopefully, he can get back in, uh, in form here in a little bit as he goes through some things. Um, but basically, I think this team is, is they, you know, they got some good investors, and uh, I think it's a great, great deal um, that I think it's a good possibility that they merge next year with Richard Petty, with Richard Childress Racing. I think it's uh, a Chevrolet. They're not adding a team uh, because the 27 is going sort of going away and they're going to take the place of the 27. Um, the 43 car is a lot of people I think would have a problem with that because Rich has never really been a Chevrolet before. I think he was once in his career. He was a Chevy for a year or two back in the 70s. Um, but other than that, and maybe that was because it was a Buick or a GM car back then. I can't remember anymore. But um, listen, he's got to do what he's got to do to stay in business. Smithfield's got to do what they got to do to uh, run as best as they possibly can. RP, R, RCR right now is struggling badly, uh, badly. And I think they need to have two cars in their organization um, and sort of limit their resources and having a third team come in as sort of a satellite operation uh, to run next to them sort of would help that because there's, they have a team already established. So I think uh, it's a good move. It's a good move all around if that's the case. Um, you know, before it loses the team, Richard Petty Motorsports, they've been sort of in between. They moved Sammy Johns, who was a guy, a big wig there last year, they moved him out because Sammy Johns sort of wanted to hang their own bodies, hang their own chassis. RPM realized that was as great as that plan sounded. It was a lot harder said than done. Uh, it was a lot easier said than done, I should say. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was a a tough deal to hang their own bodies. They struggled about it a lot, and I think they want to get back into an alliance I think they realize that Roush's alliance isn't as strong. Roush's team isn't as strong as it used to be. And Stuart Haas racing and team pet team Penske didn't want to align. Uh, I think that's what it comes down to. So they said, well, let's explore other options and RCR and Chevy, which RCR has a lot of alliances. They got JTG daughter racing, Jermaine racing, the 95 car. So they got a lot of alliances there and they're just going to add one more here with this 43. It sounds like. I think when you look at Richard uh, Petty Motorsports, and the sad part is that they keep, everybody keeps thinking about it being Richard Petty. Richard Petty is a figurehead. If he owns 1% of that team, I'm surprised. The guy behind it is Andrew Mercy. And I think Andrew Mercy is tired of throwing good money after bad. And that's the thing. I think when you look at RPM, it's, you know, you would like to see, I think if you're Ford, you'd like to see him stay in the Ford camp. Uh, the other interesting part about this is if you talk about the Ford camp for a second is Bo Wallace, because I think Bubba is a guy who I think Richard, when you look at Rash Fenway, they have, a, they have a lot of young drivers who they can't find a ride for. We saw Chris Buescher who was in RCR's camp and uh, they, who was in Rash's camp, I should say, excuse me, Chris Buescher was, and they couldn't find a seat for him. They kind of let him go with this recent announcement. He signed a multi-year extension with JTG Daughtery Racing in the RCR camp. 
And now it sounds like Bubba Wallace is, could be the guy who um, is the same way, where Bubba was brought up with Rash Fenway. Rash put a lot of money, Ford put a lot of money into him. And now they're going to, they could lose him. And they could lose him to a good Chevrolet team at RCR. Uh, I think for Bubba, if that's the case, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, there's not a ton of Ford teams out there that are competitive enough that are willing to take a chance with Bubba Wallace. And listen, I think you are taking a chance with Bubba Wallace. I think he's a good driver, but he's unproven. He hasn't won in the Cup Series yet. He hasn't won the Xfinity Series yet. Um, So he's very unproven. I think there's some skill there. There's no doubt about it. I think Richard Petty Motorsports really liked what they got from him when Amarola was on the bench there with a back injury. Um, So I think Richard's kind of looking at this in this organization and this team, Brian Moffitt and everybody that's involved saying, okay, we like Bubba Wallace. You know, he'll, he'll make a little bit more money, less money, excuse me, than Mike, than Eric Amarola. We could go in a different direction. Um, You also have the fact that he's a diverse driver, which is huge. If you're a NASCAR, they would like the fact that, you know, Smithfield might like the fact that he's diverse and, and it gets a lot of recognition that way. So altogether, it's Bubba Wallace's ride next year. Now, whether RPM goes to a second team, I'm not so sure. You know, I think they're going to need sponsorship to do that. It sounds like Smithfield is really committed to this team. They love Richard Petty. Richard's a good po- uh, spokesman. Uh, John said he's a figurehead, and he is, he is, but he's a very good one because everybody still knows who Richard Petty is. Um, they they know Richard's a a great a all time great an all time legend, and he's a great PR guy. He does a lot of great things. So I think when you look at that, you have to sit there and wonder. Um, is that part of the deal with Smithfield? Absolutely. I think it is. Uh, and so they're going to go where Richard Petty, Richard Petty goes. There's also rumor there's only one year left on that contract. So this could be a risky deal. But um, Chevrolet is going to give them all the support they need if they go there. I think that's where they're going to go. I, I would be surprised right now if they go anywhere else. I think they want to be aligned. I think they proved that when they got rid of Sammy Johns last year. Um, I think they looked at Rash and they went, eh. They tried that boat. It really didn't work out well for us. Um, you know, we're not a team that we want to be in the upper echelon. We're paying a lot of money right now. Smithfield's giving us a lot of money. And next year's a key year for them. If they do go to Chevrolet and they do hire Bubba Wallace, it's a huge year for them next year because Smithfield's got to renew. And if they can go out next year in the first 10, 15 races and run in the top 20 and do what they need to do, like they were doing earlier this year. I mean, when Amarola – before he got hurt, they started to put some speed in that 43 car. It looked like things were going pretty well for that team. And then his back hurt. So, and then his back got hurt. And then it kind of, I think it derailed this season. Regan Smith tried, did okay in it. Um, then you saw Bubba Wallace, who performed admirably in that car. Uh, I don't think it was anything major. Um, as far as, I don't think he did anything like, wow, he didn't surprise you. But he did. Good job. And Richard Petty Motorsports likes that in their drivers. We saw it with Amarola. Amarola got a, a if you remember, he got a cup of coffee with that team but back a bunch of years ago when Casey Kane left uh, early from his contract at Richard Petty Motorsports to go elsewhere. And they put Amarola in the nine car with Budweiser, if you remember. And RPM was really, really thrilled with that. They really loved the fact that uh, 
you know, they liked what he brought to them. Could be the same deal with Bubba Wallace. And it'd be interesting as far as if this back injury for Eric Amarola is the reason why he is no longer going to be at Rich Petty Motorsports, that could be the worst thing that's ever happened to him. Um, if Amarola leaves this ride and it is Bubba Wallace, I have no idea where Amarola is going to go. The 10 is possible. Um, you know, Danica, I think it's right now, I'm 95% sure Danica Patrick's not going to be in that ride. Crazier things have happened, but I would be surprised if she's back in that ride in 2018. Um, I think it's more likely that team might shut down, but Matt Kenseth's a player in it. I think Amarola's a player in it, but I thought Amarola was a bigger player in it with Smithfield. Um, so when you look at that, you have to sit there and wonder what's next for Eric Amarola. Is the 77 an option for him? Maybe, but again, it's all depending on sponsorship. Uh, and I think that's the scary part here is that we might we don't know what's going on right now. We're on August 27th. We're almost to Labor Day weekend with Darlington Raceway, with the throwback weekend coming to Darlington, and we don't know what these big-name drivers are doing. Kurt Busch, Matt Kenseth, Casey Kane added a ride. Is Eric Amarola's name going to be added to that? And as far as wins are concerned, he's fourth on the list. So – It'll make you wonder, the landscape of this sport's really going to change if, if Bubba Wallace is in that 43 next year. Um, I don't know what Amarola's contract really looks like. So it's going to be very interesting to see what's going on there with that 43 team. Um, if the team has won one race here in the last, the 43 cars won one race in the last, geez, in the last 16 years. Um, John Andretti won that race in 99. Uh, has anybody else won in the 43? I don't think so. Since then, you know, you had Bobby Labonte in it for a while, um, AJ Allmendinger in it for a while, and then Amarola won at Daytona and at Ring Short and Race a bunch of years ago. Um, will Bubba Wallace be able to get that car to victory lane? I don't know, but there's still some prestige there with that ride. It's still a big time ride. It's still a iconic number, an iconic team. Richard Petty, like I said, is is big into that so listen it's a it's a big deal um and it's really going to change it could change the landscape of this free agent period here um and i don't know what's going to go on you know as you look at those four drivers i mentioned earlier with casey kane matt kenseth kurt bush and eric amarola i think kurt's going to go back to the 41 I just think they're sort of waiting to dot their – cross their T's and dot their I's, like people say. Um, I don't know what's going to go on with Kenseth and Kane. I thought Kane was a shoe-in at GMS. It certainly sounded like a, a Hendrick-affiliated team would be coming to fruition in, in the Cup Series. I've read a lot of things. Bob Pockers came out and said this week that GMS might only run part-time next year, not a full-time deal like people are suspecting. Um, I think it, I think a lot of it has to do with GMS as far as Spencer Gallagher hasn't really um, developed the way they wanted him to. Right now he is, I think, 23rd in Xfinity Series points. Uh, he's 19th, excuse me, in Xfinity Series points behind Bubba Wallace, who's missed a bunch of races. Uh, Brandon Jones, who's had a really bad year in that car. So it hasn't been a great year for Spencer Gallagher in that 23 car all year long. Um, 
And I think they look at that and they say, okay, well, maybe Brent Spencer Gallagher's a couple of years away, and we'll wait until he's ready to get to the Cup Series and put him in the Cup Series. I think that's definitely an option. 917-889-8280 here if you want to join the conversation on Talking Circles. We're talking silly season. If you like what you saw today from Road America, does this sport need more road courses? Man, you know, I'm not a big road course fan. I've, I've said that numerous times. I think if you want to watch road course racing, you can go to IRL. You can go to Formula One. There's plenty of road course racing for you to do, to enjoy. Um, I think stock cars on road courses isn't a bad deal. It was a good race today. But I think too much of a, of a good thing could be a bad thing. You know, you kind of get complacent with it. I like the variety we have. I think it could live with three. I've said that. Uh, I like two right now, what we have in cup. I could live with three because that's a little bit more of a variety. But I think you should take it from a mile and a half track. I don't think having five, six, seven road courses is a good thing in, this, in NASCAR. Um, but it certainly adds strategy to it. It makes it a little bit more interesting. We saw that today with Clements. I don't think Clements certainly had the fastest car there. I think he would admit that. But when it was came down to time to win, Clements was there to win. So um, a very interesting race. But, again, I don't think we need these road courses in there. Uh, I don't know if we need to add another one. I think it would be a bad move. Um, so – to me, it's just you look at it and you say, time to uh, maybe look at adding a variety. I don't know how this road was going to be in Charlotte in 2018, but I don't think we need to add another road course. I think it's perfect the way it is right now. Um, I think a fourth road course would be a bad idea. Um, you know, I just think it would be too much. So, yeah, it, it's great to look at today's race and say, hey, listen, it was a fun race to watch, John. but what do you think about road course racing? Do we need to add another road course um, in the Xfinity Series? Should we add another one in Cup? Um, again, I'm big on variety, and I know today's race was great. There's no doubt about it. It was fun to watch there at the end, and I think strategy had a lot to do with it on the road courses. But what were your thoughts? Do we need to add another road course, or do you like the way it is right now? I think one of the things road courses have done is made it uh, to where it evens the playing field. The aero dependence of the vehicle is not there on a road course. Same way with the short tracks. Um, the smaller the track, the better the racing. The more twists and turns, the better the racing. Um, I, I've i never been a road course guy myself, but I'll tell you lately, the best races you watch anymore have been road course races. And it's not like you could just have four or five guys who could win. I mean, you look back in the early to the mid two thousands, it was Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Rusty Wallace, or Mark Martin or Ricky Rudd. Those are the ones who are going to win the road course races. Now you can see just about anybody. I mean, Kyle Busch, Brad Kozlowski, um, Joey Logano, they've all won road courses. So it's spread out now because it makes the cars even. And I don't know until they get the aero package fixed or get the cars less engineered. It's, it makes better racing. And as much as I don't like watching left and right turns and trying to follow through a four mile, four mile course, the racing is so much better. I agree. I think when you, you sit there and you talked about it perfectly right there, when you said, um, 
the surprise factor and eight levels of playing field. I think that's what people like. I also think people like the fact that there's some talent involved in this left and right course driving to where the driver actually has some kind of input in it. Um, where a lot of the times you see, you say, Hey, listen, you know, a lot of the times it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's all out of its car and not driver where these road courses appear to be all drivers. So, um, you know, I, I think having four road courses in Xfinity next year, including Charlotte, is probably a good amount. Uh, I think three in Cup, including Charlotte, is probably a good amount. Um, but, you know, if, if the racing keeps on going the way it's going, I wouldn't be opposed to adding another one. And that's surprising considering my stance on it where it was a year ago. But this year it's been very, very good. Um, so there's no doubt about that. I think it level it, it's certainly – Levels of playing field it certainly uh, makes it very interesting as far as that concerned because anybody can win these road courses races now. We saw that today. And I feel like that's the way it is with, um, you know, super speedway racing as well. So uh, it makes it pretty interesting. 9789-8280, Talking Circles, Clayton Caldwell, John Harlow here. John, I want to talk about the 2017 season here. We, we had an off weekend in the Cup Series this week. Um but, you know, you, you look at it and you say we've run 24 races. That's exactly two-thirds through the season. Um, you know, only two races to go till we have this chase, that we're in the chase and we start the playoffs again. 16 cars, I know that's a lot. But what do you look at this 2017 season? I mean, let's talk about it first, these stages. Um, I was a little opposed to them. You know, I don't like change. I've, I've come out and said that. I'm, a, I'm an old-school guy who uh, doesn't like change. The stage racing has been – it's had its up and down for me. I love it on the super speedways. I think it makes these guys go for it more. I think the, having points on the line definitely, instead of seeing a single file and guys hanging in the back, I think it makes a big difference because you see teams that normally can't get – don't get points, get points. Uh, so it makes everybody race as hard as they possibly can. I like it on the super speedways. Um, the only thing I would change, John, for 2018 with these stages, and we touched on a lot, are the fact that I would take away the, the caution laps counting during in the middle of the stages. I think that would help a lot. But what are your what's your overall thoughts on these stages here in this first 24 races of the season? Uh, do you like them? Are you kind of you know uh, okay with them? Do you not have, really have a feeling about them, or do you hate them? What are your what are your thoughts on on these stages? The first 24 races of 2017. I think one of the thoughts stage racing is they were talking to Martin Truex Jr. about how him and Cole Pern have just eaten up every point possible that they can get their hands on. And two-thirds of the stage wins are Kyle Busch or Martin Truex Jr. And Martin said flat out, he said, you know, I'm running up front. That's where I want to be. I'm going to get stage points when I'm running up front. So it really had all it done all it has done is help Martin Truex build a huge lead to where he is going to clinch the regular season title this week at Darlington. Um, when it comes to the Cup race, I'm pretty much fine with where the stages are. I think it adds a little bit of extra drama to it. I would like those caution laps in between segments to go away. The thing with the Xfinity races, though, those races are so sh- short that some of the stage races, I mean, you look at today, 10, 10, 25. 
10 laps for a stage. Most of the time, you've got your tires scuffed in in 10 laps. Now, granted, it's a four-mile track, but still, that's still if you do it on a two-mile track, that's 20 laps. You still don't have your tires even halfway. You don't have really knocked the stuff off the tires yet. You're not even halfway through a fuel run. I think if they're going to do it with the Xfinity races, I think they ought to do two stages instead of three. Do a midpoint, I mean, um, about a third of the way through within the last two-thirds. Make sure they can do a gas stop inside the stage, and then they can go forward. That's one well, of the listen, things I- that's irked me with it, because you don't even need to do a gas stop. You can run the whole stage on your tires, on your fuel, takes away the strategy and takes away the pit crew, takes away the challenge of what it is. I wouldn't be opposed to that, especially some, you talk about Xfinity, some of these truck races as well. Um, you know, I think Pocono had a 15 or a 10 lap stage, two 10 lap, 15 lap stages, I think, uh, to start that. And that's just to me too short. Uh, a 30 mile stage, you're kind of looking at going, why? So I wouldn't be opposed to that at all, two stages. I think it would be fun, you know, if you split them out even, you know, not exactly down the middle, but you, you sort of put it at, you know, an 80-lap race, you put it at the 30 and 50 and split it that way. I think that would be good. I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. I think that would be a really – that's a really uh, interesting uh, perspective on it. And I think it's something that um, would definitely certainly help the series here, help NASCAR – Help the truck series, help the Xfinity series. Like today, I don't think we need three stages today. I think two is, is suffice. Then you sit there and you say, well, then you're making some other races more important than others, which is a good point. You know, you're making a race at, uh, you know, maybe a race at, at Michigan more important than a race at Pocono because you only have two stages at Pocono and you have three at Michigan. 917-889-8280 to join the conversation on Talking Circles. Lee in Virginia calling in tonight. Hello, Lee. Hello, guys. How are you? What do you want to talk about tonight? Well, I thought, I thought you know, your stage talk here was interesting. I think something that uh, I thought about for a little while for the Camping World Truck Series is, you know, doing just a halfway point. Um, you know, just eliminating the pit crews like we see at Eldora, where maybe the pit crews are there, or there's a team there, or there's a group of guys there that can fix your truck etc., you know, but there's no pit stops. And I think, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to miss that portion of the racing. Well, I think we don't really miss that at Eldora. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and you don't really miss that part of it at Eldora. So I think that's something you could see get uh, – I would be okay with seeing get eliminated. Now, the problem is with these stages is the reason why they're here is because of TV, and TV wants a certain number of breaks during the – during the race, so so we'll see. You know, I don't know if we'll see any changes on that just because that's the case. But I wanted to talk also today about um, about Road America. Jeremy Clements, congratulations to those guys. Well deserved. He's a great dude. We met him a bunch of years ago, and uh, right, right when he was first starting. And it's been it's been really. He's a really cool dude, and uh, he's a good race car driver. And it, it's still unbelievable to me that he was able to pull that off today. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was a great race, Lee. Um, one of the things, I mean, Lee, you, it was really interesting listening to Jeremy Clement talk about it, where he said this car was built in 2009. But the way he kept coming up on Matt Tift, I mean, he was making a second and a half, two seconds a lap for the last five laps before he got to him. So he cut out a 10-second lead really quick and stayed in his lane. He did everything the right way. 
Now, granted, the way that uh, people are going to say, well, he crashed from the wind. No, he got loose. And even Matt Tiff said it was no problem. I thought it was a great win for uh, Jeremy Clement, Sarah Lee. Yeah, and I think tires play a big factor in it, which is fine. The, the asphalt there on that on Road America is old, and the tires really meant a lot today. And you know what? That's the strategy sometimes you play in racing. And I think we'd see more great racing, uh, you know, um, if we had if we had more tire fall off. One thing I wanted to bring up to you guys quick was you guys were talking about adding road courses, et cetera. And I think I look at this like I do Iowa, where, you know, I know Iowa's been a great race, and, and the racing there's been great. That's fine. But I think I think we're a little bit fooled by Iowa, especially in the Xfinity Series. I don't think the racing is as great as we think it is. Not that it's a bad race, but I think part of why we fall in love with Iowa and why we fell in love with the road fall in love with the road course racing and the Xfinity Series is because okay. they're basically two two to three two to three are standalone Xfinity Series events, and there's always good stories to come out of them. And I think that we need to have this every week. I think today spoke volumes of that. Where if we had it every week, you'd see maybe a couple of these a year where, you know, maybe J.J. Yaley can sneak out a win. You, you know, you never know. And so that would be incredible for the series. It's still sad to look up and see four winners this year for the Xfinity Series. I mean, that's just ridiculous if you ask me. Some of the teams that are going to be in a chase this year, I think, have run very, very poorly. Um, I think if you if you got rid of those guys, it would create much purer racing. And I think we would look at these, and, and not that these races wouldn't be good, but – I think we'd see a lot more like this, and I think it's only a positive for the series. No, I agree. I think it's it's something that uh, I think we're going to see a lot more in the future. You know, what I like is the Dasher Cash races next year. There's no Cup guys in it at Talladega. That's going to really, really make it very interesting that you can have one Cup driver in a race at Talladega. I mean, in, in April for the Xfinity Series, that's going to be really, really wild because you never know who could win that coming out of that race. And I think that was part of the reason why NASCAR did that. 9-7-8-9-8-2-8-0. A couple of things on 2017 I want to touch on. First thing is here, um, and I want to get both of your opinions on this, and I'll start with John. Most disappointing driver this year, as far as a guy you look at and you said, well, I was expecting him to have a good year and has really struggled. Um, John, who do you got? I'm putting you on a spot here. Joey Logano. Uh, Interesting. I think because... Whatever they did with the cause penalty, neither he or really Brad have been lights out since. I mean, Brad still has been competitive, but Joey and Todd Gordon have been off the planet. They haven't even been close. Um, They're back there with Dale Jr., and that shows you how bad they've been running. And I think Joey Logano, who has the encumbered win, everybody was expecting him to be in the final four. Everybody was expecting him to make the playoffs without any problem. Here he is two races in, and if he don't win, he's got no chance to get in. So I think Joey Logano is the biggest disappointment in 2017, him and Todd Gordon's pairing. How about you, Lee? Uh, I, don't think that's a, I don't think it's a bad one, John, but I think there's no question here. And, you know, listen, not that we all went into this season expecting the 88 car to run for the championship because I think we all realize at this point that that's a tall task. Um, but I think we all expected him to be a little bit more competitive. I mean, you, we, we I go back two weeks ago at Bristol since there was no week, since there was no race this week. We go to Bristol, 
and Clayton and John. I mean, this guy was getting passed and outrun by, by David Reagan all day. Not that David Reagan's a bad driver, but that team probably has a quarter of the budget of the 88 team alone. And David outqualified him and outran him the whole race. And that's just one example of a lot that we've been through. And we, you know, uh, that, that we've been through and it's just like, okay, when is the 88 team going to come around? I think early in the year we set out, they'll get a win this year. They'll get a win there. Was he, he hasn't even been a factor. He hasn't even, he's been an afterthought for 30, you know, how many races have we run here? 24 races, I think he's been an afterthought for 22 of those 24. And, you know, you you take away two of the, you know, the Daytona 500, and I believe the, the July Daytona race, and that's about it. That's the only two races where Dale Jr., oh, my gosh, he's actually in the race. You're going to be used to his retirement next year because you're, it's going to feel like he's been retired this year. That's how bad it's become for the 88 team. And, I, and you know, Dale's checked out. Listen, he's catching passes from the Washington Redskins and, doing all kinds of nonsense during the race week. And it's like, dude, you're terrible. You're off. You're, you're, you're can't even, you can't even find 20th. And you're doing all of this. You know, he's retired a few months early here, if you ask me. And it's sad because I think his fan base deserves better than that. But um, no question, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I don't disagree with you there, Lee. Um, one of the things with the Dale Earnhardt Jr. one is, if you think about it, I, if, if you think about it as a football player, whenever you get hurt, and you come back the next year, you really don't know how good you are until you take that first hit. Dale Jr. is in that predicament where you're afraid of that first hit because it may just turn his head into mush. So I think Dale Jr. has been driving with uh, one eye over his shoulder the whole time because he's gun-shy inside that car. It's almost like the old days of Thunder where they uh, joked about Buddy Brotherton, where he said he was hearing voices in the car. I think Dale Jr. is hearing voices in the car. Yeah, very well could be. I think when you look at his season, it's very it's been very disappointing. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Lee. I'll give you another guy quick before I, I want one more topic before we go off the air tonight with you guys. Um, but I'll give you another guy who I think is a surprise to people, and it's Jamie McMurray. I think the uh, one team, and, and Chip Ganassi has had a lot of speed this year, and the fact that he's got no playoff points going into the playoffs as we sit right now is very disappointing. Uh, considering his teammate Larson's got 18 playoff points, he's been one of the fastest teams. He's got three wins. And you you not even be able to win one stage is a little disappointing, in my opinion. Uh, biggest surprise, guys. We'll start with Lee here quick. Um, as far as, you know, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but driver that has run very well that you are surprised to see. I think I expected Daniel Suarez to struggle a little bit more than he has. You know, lately here he's really been uh, been really running strong. Um, you know, it could have it, maybe him, or you know, maybe I'll go out and I'll go out on a limb and say Eric Jones. I think we all expected Eric Jones to be a superstar this year. Not that he's you know he's not in the chase or anything, but you know, if you if you add up his points total, he is in the top sixteen. The guys like you know Austin Dillon and, and Casey Kane have wins, and that's why they're in the playoffs. But Jones has had a nice year, and I think we all expected him to, you know, roll through this rookie season. And I, you know, that race at Bristol a couple of weeks ago, he damn near got a win. And he, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get maybe one one here before the season's out. How about you, John? I think my biggest surprise this year is Bubba Wallace. I think the four races he ran in that forty three car, he outran Eric Almirola. Um, I think my biggest surprise is that Jack Roush still didn't find a way to keep that place open especially when you got John Henry as a partner who's a billionaire 
who owns the Red Sox and the soccer club in England. I mean, they should be able to find a way to keep that shop open. They should be able to find sponsorship for this kid who has been doing good things throughout his entire career. I think Bubba Wallace was my surprise of how well he did in the limited opportunity he got. Interesting. I think that's a, that's a very interesting one. One that's near and dear to your heart, and that's my pick here, John. And I know people are going to be surprised by this. Clint Boyer. Um, I think a lot of people expected that 14 team to take a step up. Tony, you know, wanted out bad last year. I think they, he he ran that year just to kind of run it and, and appease sponsorship. But Boyer's been very competitive this year. He almost won a road course race. He, you know, he's got a stage win. I think Boyer's been a lot better than a lot of people expect him to be, especially coming off a year where I think, it, you know, our uh, Stuart Haas going to Ford, I think that's surprise that kind of threw him for a curveball, and he's been very competitive. I mean, uh, Har- there's no doubt Harvick was the lead dog there, but but Boyer's been good. He's been fine, and uh, I think it's surprised a lot of people. He's been better than Kurt Busch, and he's been way better than Danica. So my guy is Kurt Busch. Um, listen, I can't wait for Darlington. Uh, I think Darlington is is one of the most anticipated weekends of the season because of the fact that it's a throwback weekend. The Southern 500 back on Labor Day. It is awesome. I love this racetrack. I love this race. Um, I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a fabulous show. Um, on Wednesday here at Talking Circles, we're going to have a surprise. Boy, it's going to be a 9 o'clock show. We're going to talk to DJ Cop from Cop Motorsports, um, talking about the truck series, great engines, and uh, talk about his season and his future, what he's going to do with that organization. So, if you want to listen to Talking Circles Wednesday night, 9 o'clock, we'll be here for the next episode talking to DJ Cop. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Lee, and thank you, John. We'll talk to you next time.